Stand by to launch fan stream sports. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Wow, how do we do this thing in the studio here, partner? It's been a while since I've been back in studio here, but it's good to be back with you in our RHS TV studios here in St. Petersburg. Welcome to another edition of the J.P. Peterson Show here on this July 5th. Hope you guys had a great holiday, as we did. <laughs> Interested to hear what you did, uh, Nick Gaddis. Good morning to you. How are you? Uh, doing good. I'll tell you, Willie, what I did. I worked. And you watch Rays baseball. I, I, I worked. Uh, I, I watch Rays baseball, which didn't exactly help me pass my time of my workday. Uh, I did not watch a single firework. What Which I'm very proud of. What what what? what? I, I I don't I don't I've how many more fireworks can I look at? You know, I said this last night. I was like, I it just never gets old for me. I don't know why. It, it, it just never gets old I'm for me. I'm past it. In fact, I'm going to make a statement here, and I know you're not going to like it. The Fourth of July in general. Oh it, God! It doesn't oh really. Oh my God! It doesn't really. Eh. It just comes and goes. I mean, this is. I think it's because I work on most holidays now. It just becomes a day for me. I think that's what it is. I don't really get the opportunity to go to like a party or somewhere. Or, like, like I consumed zero hot dogs yesterday, which I'm not happy about. Unlike Joey Chestnut, unlike and our, Joey and our Chestnut. girl from Pasco County, Mickey Sumo, Mickey Sumo. Yeah, how about not, her? I, what? Fifteen titles she now holds. Nine. Nine titles. Nine titles. Oh, yeah, Joey Chestnut won his sixteenth, so she's at nine though. Yeah. She's the Joey Chestnut of the, of the I had no idea she was right here in our backyard. I didn't know till yesterday. That's very on brand, I didn't though. know till yesterday. She's from Pasco County. I tell you what. He ate a lot did, of hot dogs in Pasco did, County. Did you recall the and guy? I mean that in a positive way. Did you recall the guy who was standing next, who was competing next to Joey Chestnut yesterday? And he had like the, he was bald, but he just had that little blue strip of hair on his head. Did you see yeah, that guy? Yeah, yeah. I don't know who's, what his name is. I don't was. know his name, but they said he was also from, from Newport Ritchie. Get out. And I literally looked at him and I said, yeah, that looks like a Pasco County resident. Yeah. Your normal everyday Pasco yeah, County resident. Yeah, they're just different. A little rough around the edges. They're a little different. They're, they're edgy. I like it. I like. I love it. Um, you know, these are, these are good people. And speaking of good people, last night, you know, I'm, I'm living over in, in near Orlando now, so doing a little bit of commute. And um, we went over to Claremont because I said, you know, I don't want to go to downtown Orlando because nobody wants to go to, <laughs> nobody wants to, go to downtown Orlando. from another country. <laughs> um, you know, I was like, I don't want to do that. It just, you know, first of all, it scares me. Second of all, I, I said, I want to I want a slice of Americana. I want to get, I want to. So I said, let's go to Claremont, Lake Mineola, and let's see the fireworks in Lake Mineola. And so we went over there, and they had this big, you know, the waterfront was packed. They had all the food trucks out there, you know, all, you know, the, the water slides for the kids, hot dog stands, you know, glow sticks, every, you know, just Americana, too. It's it, absolutely beautiful. Loved it. Loved it. You know, f- you know, free of all the, you know, the hoity-toity accoutrements, VIP areas, any of that bull crap. It was just, you know, dudes out on pontoon boats. The whole lake was full. You know, the waterfront was full, and they, you know, they did the fireworks, and it was just like, you know, I, I call, I, I, we pulled up a little, you know, maybe, maybe not, a little, little late, maybe, shocking development, I know, and most of the parking areas were full, and there was this one dude with his shirt off drinking a, uh, a, a, bud, uh, a bush light, a natty light, 
And I'm like, I'm like, you got any spots? Like, I'm full, brother. I'm full. I'm like, come on, twenty bucks. He goes, I think I found something. You're the, he's, he's like, he's like, you're the you're the highest payer all day. We have five and ten, but you do your twenty. That's it. You're gonna get a spot. And there was like one. We wedged it in there. I'm like, my man. And we just walked down there and just it, it was beautiful. It was just beautiful. Lo- lovely night out by Lake Mineola. I mean, how do you not like July Fourth? This is this is borderline. And, and, and this is you know this is where our country's at right now. The people openly hating America, openly hating, and I'm starting to hate America myself. To be quite honest, what it's becoming, um, but just openly, and it's so sad for me, man. It's so sad because I'm a patriotic sap, you know. And, and and to be honest, the more I learn about our government and things that are going on now, and things that have gone on in the past. I, I get it. Not, but then I say to myself, nothing is perfect. There is no perfect system in this world. We're, we're the best that I've ever seen in terms of, in terms of longevity and what this country has accomplished over the years. I, I think we're the best I've ever seen. Were we perfect? Hell no. We've made mistakes a ton. But look at the rest of the world. Look at the disaster that's the rest of the world. You know? And I just, I, 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 and I, I wish we had, I wish we weren't so divided I wish I wish we could go back to the days right after 9/11, you know, when we all came together as one and you know it just it's it's sad to see where this country is right now and for you as a youngster and I'm not I'm not dumping on you because there's you know so many like you. I think the younger generation has no sense of country, has no sense of of pride in America. Well, it's it's not really that. Like I said, I just I get caught up I work. This is like the third straight 4th of July that I've worked. So yeah. I just I get usually eaten up by that. Like Casey left me yesterday, went over to her parents and was in the pool with Riley and you know, they were cooking hot dogs and burgers and I'm just oh. sitting in my home by myself. But yeah, I will say sucks. I will say for Riley's first fourth of July, so many dogs get scared. Not him. Good. Not Good. him. Yeah, he Tally was, Tally doesn't he's not every she, time he heard a firework bothered at all. Every time he jumped off or heard a firework, he jumped off the couch and went towards the door and he yeah. just started barking. Yeah. He thought it was someone like knocking on the door and then he <laughs> and then we played like a video on the screen of fireworks and he kind of started watching it and I think in his head he's like, "Oh, that's what that is." Yeah. And he kind of just started sleep, smart. he kind of started sleeping through it then. So yeah. Yeah. he did well there, but yeah, no hot dogs for me. I did not get my old navy, you know, shirt. For the 4th of July, or my Bass Pro shirt, whatever you guys people do. I'm so glad I did not hear. My, my shirt was so obnoxious, I didn't even post sure the picture. I'm so glad. I'm it was so cool. glad. It was quintessential Claremont, too. Yeah, I'm sure. No sleeves, <clears throat> red, white, and blue. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm so glad, though. There's a certain song that people play on this on, on yesterday. Oh, don't, has, don't do it. It has don't no do meaning. It. it has no meaning on the 4th of July. All right, which one? Born in the USA. Yeah, it, dude. I'm so glad. People, it's a protest song. I'm so it's glad. It's not a patriotic song at all. I did not hear that song once yesterday. Thank goodness. Yeah. People, please. Yeah, Born in the USA is a is a is a protest song against the Vietnam War. So, or war in general, and and a good one, by the way, Bruce. Um, yeah, and and again, back to it. Nothing. We're not perfect. Certainly not these days. Um, but hey, I and and by the way, our second hour, our second hour. I don't know. You probably this will be like nails on a chalkboard for you. But I'm sure when you made no, your I list, my, I have my my moments here. Right. So so our second hour, we're going to do um, what we what we're calling our, our, our patriotic um, theme show. So we're going to do we're gonna, we have our list of our top five moments in USA sports history. It doesn't necessarily have to be an Olympic moment. But something that made you proud to be an American. Proud to be an American. 
Yes, another great song by Lee. Lee I, I am chalkboarding. <laughs> I am nails on a chalkboarding right now. So that so it made you proud to be an American. That moment. So that that's going to be our second hour. We're going to do all patriotic stuff. So, and if you guys want to uh, comment, what are, what are your top five patriotic moments? Those moments. We don't want to reveal ours just yet, but you know what they are. You know, it may, might be Olympic moments. They might be soccer moments. Team USA. They might be. Um, a team basketball, um, you know, dream team, whatever, uh, whatever, it, it, whatever it is. Um, let us let us know what your your top. Because I'm a I'm a sap for that man. When I when I when I get a moment like that, and I see the Americans and in their red, white, and blue up on a podium with gold medals around their neck, and they're in their and they're doing the whole uh, national anthem, playing the anthem. I mean, I I tear up. I really do. I tear up. Um, so I. I think we've gotten away from it, and I understand it because of the way the the media has trashed this country in, in so many ways. But um, I don't know. I, I wish we could get back to it. I wish we could get back to it. We'll do that uh, in our own way here in the second hour. But we're also going to get into uh, the topical stuff that's going on right now with the Rays. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We did not talk about the ESPN layoffs, so we're going to get to that as well today. Uh, Ricky Fowler winning over the weekend was uh, was incredible, even though nobody really saw it. Uh, we'll get, do a little bit more on that. And intern Nick, we've dispatched intern Nick, or he has dispatched himself, it might be more appropriate, to the Lightning Development Camp because he's such a hockey fan. So he's been over there watching. On, that's how he spent his July 4th. That's how dedicated intern Nick is. He's over there at the uh, um, TGH Ice, Iceplex with all the youngsters, and he's going to give us a live report at 1045. So there you go. On uh, the new guys, Gautier, he talked to him. We, he put that up on the on the show Instagram if you want to see the interviews there. Um, Isaac Howard, I believe, as well. So all those last year's first round pick. So we got we got lots to get to today, and uh, we're going to jump right in with the Rays. Our Rays. Um, they have now lost twelve of their last twenty two. Ten and twelve, I can do the math. Ten and twelve, um, they've fallen out of. They're now down to fifth in pitching in the league, third in home runs, still first in, in stolen bases, uh, third in hitting. So they've dropped a few notches in everything, and they're just you know you you wonder if they're cooling off or certainly injuries are having uh, played a part. By the way, great to have uh, Brandon Lau back yesterday. Enjoyed those three strikeouts. I, I I don't I don't get it. I just don't get it. Like people were like, "Oh, good to have Brandon." La-. No, no, it's not good to have him back. Um, I'm just. Mm. It's not personal. It's not personal. But I'm just. Um, I'm. I just don't know if the guy's got it anymore. And I, I hope me saying this lights his fire, because normally when we trash a Ray, they come back and 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 do really really well. So I hope he does. But I just I don't see it. Um, I, I think at some point um, the, the, this team needs to move on. If you can get something for him, and maybe that's what they're trying to do, get him back into the lineup, get a little, maybe he gets a hot streak going, and the people, somebody out there goes, yeah, he's back, and then we can unload him, do the old Jonathan Drouin. Uh, that would be that would be I think the greatest scenario. Maybe that's what the Rays are trying to do, because right now he's he's worthless to us. And I don't know what kind of value he brings 
to other to other other clubs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think anybody's jumping on the bandwagon to to get Brandon Lau. I I would probably disagree a little bit. I th- I think Brandon Lau still has pretty good cachet around the league. You think? I I think so. Cause, I mean, at his best, and again, the whole argument here is well, he hasn't been at his best, but at his best, he's a premier power hitting second baseman. Those don't fall on trees. They just don't. I think there's always going to be a demand for that. He's not in his 30s. He's still like in his, his late. I think he's like what 28, 29. So he still has some some prime years to go. And but I don't I don't think the Rays are even entertaining that. I think, like it or not, I think he's a part of their core, or at least that's the way they feel, and they want him to be the guy that's going. Because again, when he gets hot for the stretches that he can, two or three weeks, he can carry a lineup. And may I ask, the last time that happened? It has it? I mean, he got up to a really a hot start at the beginning of the year. Yes, but it has. It's been a little bit. But I think they're hoping that you know you get to the All Star break because I think everybody right now is just kind of limping to the All Star break right now and, and the uh, well the Rays the Rays are. are. I think it's the same thing around the league. I mean the Orioles have lost six to seven. I think yep. that's the big thing here. It's like we can we can moan about the, the Rays, Rays who are coming in are uh, at one eight in a row and I think are eighteen and one. Yeah, I mean they're just. <laughs> Absolutely loaded in their lineup, yeah. but I mean the Orioles have lost six to seven, so I don't think anybody around them right now is playing great baseball. So that, again, the Rays have picked a good time to slump. Judge and is still out. Judge is still knows out. How long he's going to be? I mean, out. The Rays have a six-game lead in the division. Yeah, they're not losing any ground. Yeah, they're so gaining it, ground. So when you gain ground. so when you think about it, it's like does it really matter that much at the moment? Because we were uh, we were due for a lull from a from a standing standpoint. No. But I just look at this team and I'm like, what what, what is the real team? Was it the the hot start? Well, or is it the team that's kind of cooled off? And well, do you want to judge them? The do you want to judge them by their first sixty-five games, or do you want to judge them off the last twenty? That's the question. Which which is the real race I mean, team? I like I like big sample sizes more than small sample sizes for a True. team that's played more True. baseball than anybody, and is clearly I think just fatigued right now yeah. in their lineup. And again, with McClanahan on the IL at the moment, which again it's a good it's probably a good time for it to happen because you get the All Star break to benefit there. He's mm-hmm. not going to miss much time. Right, sounds miss, like uh, he'll, he'll probably miss two starts. Right. So you just got to piece it together literally for about a week and a half of baseball probably. Mm-hmm. Against the Phillies and the, and the Braves. Yeah, that's the other thing. They're running, in, they're running into hot teams. I mean, the Phillies have won, had won something like 18 of 22, I think, yeah. coming into this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Braves are going to be tough this weekend, and it's going to be sold out of the trop. I mean, the, the Rays typically literally play well. sold out. Literally. The Rays typically do play, do play well at home. And they yeah, played the well. Upper, we opened the upper deck earlier this year. Why don't we do that again? Yeah, I thought they could have this weekend. Yeah. Because, again, I, if you go to the Rays' website, it gives you a disclaimer, at least on the Friday and Saturday games, that it's sold out. Well, if they, if they, if they decide today, say, we're going to open the upper deck for $15 seats, <laughs> you'd have the biggest crowds in Tropicana Field history. I think you'd, get, I think you'd hit forty. I do. I think you'd hit 40,000 because they have 40,000 seats in that place. If you do, if you open up the upper deck and go all the way to the top, like a World Series, I think they've gotten like forty thousand for a World Series. Am I am I, am I wrong? I think we have probably because I know for the the last time they had a home game in the playoffs against the Red Sox in twenty twenty one, I know that one of the crowds was like thirty seven and change. Yeah, and it wasn't like completely full at the top. Yeah, and that's for a playoff game where tickets are really expensive. So if you just bust it out and said, "All right, we're opening it up, fifteen dollar general admission upper deck, let's go." Or whatever. You'd sell it out. I said, because this is a huge series coming up. Eight all-stars from the Braves coming in. They rarely hear. you got all these Braves fans that are here. I'm sure all the people in Atlanta coming down to enjoy the uh, the accoutrement of our beaches. And, that. and I think there's a lot of Braves fans just around here in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
that now because that was the only that team, was the team that was the team for a long long time and plus WTBS you know that that made the entire southeast was a Braves hotbed and um yeah so I, I think it would absolutely you jam them in good luck going to the game getting in and getting out and getting a hot dog good luck with all that I, I won't be there I'll be I'll be watching intently but I don't I'm not a big fan of the trop anyway, but when it's, oh, when, I'm it's be when it's crowded, I'm going to be there uh, Friday night. When it's crowded, it's got a great vibe to it, but just logistically, getting in and out, getting food, beverage. <laughs> eh, I'm yeah, going to deal with it though, because me and my friends are doing our annual beach trip this weekend, oh, Friday okay. through Sunday. So we got eight of us all going to the game on Friday. Nice. We're going to pack. We're going to pack ourselves in there. Oh, and all we're right. going to have a good time. And then it's I think per- you should get put a, put a lot of that on the show Instagram. I might. Let's go. It's going to be perfect because we're going to be over there, and then we're going to make our way to you know me at least begrudgingly is going to make my way to downtown St. Pete to enjoy those things because I'm not a going out guy. Yeah, I'm not a going out guy. Yeah, my friends though are all Saint about Pete it. Downtown St. Pete is so good. I like going out to downtown St. Pete better than going out to anywhere in Tampa. I'll put. I'll, I'll definitely vouch yeah. for that. You, you just pop from one dive bar to the next. Yeah. I say dive bar. I mean, they're nice. Some of them are nice inside. Some of them aren't. But they're just like, they all have great character well, to, to them. To me, it's better than when you go to like, like if you're going out in Tampa, typically you're going on, you're going to Soho. And I find those places to be, I feel gross. I feel very gross when I'm inside even, those places. Even the refurbished McDentons doesn't oh, yeah. do it for you? No, 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 no. <laughs> you don't like it when your shoes stick to the floor? I don't, no. No, and it's like I have to be careful where I'm walking or I'm going to slip or something. Bar Howard's nice. That's a nice place. I love Bar Howard. Listen, Bar into the story, place I just don't like going out. You just, you, just you know I don't like being you around know. a lot of people. You don't, no, no. Well, good luck at the trop then. Well, it's different. Yeah. I'm going to be around 25,000 of my closest friends, Rays fans. Mostly Braves fans. In America's ballpark. Can it get any better than that? Can it get any better than that on a Friday night? It just doesn't. It just it doesn't. Go to the slop and, and oh just gosh. have a great time. Speaking of which, real quickly, uh, not, not a long diatribe here, but uh, Ken Hagen has been uh, making the rounds, of course, was with us about uh, three weeks, a month ago. Um, and he's, you know, of course it hits other news sites and, and now it's news, but the same things he was telling us a month ago are now, uh, I guess, news to everybody else. And he's talking about their, and he told us that it would be a month, what do he say, a month or maybe two from when we talked to him where Hillsborough County is going to put forth their plan. Um, and for all you idiots out there that keep saying, Hillsborough County doesn't have any money. God, so... Stop reading the Times. They got plenty of money. Um, they they have they have I think what is going to be a very impressive proposal, and I think it's going to be the eventual winner in this game because I think that's exactly where Major League Baseball wants them. Um, but but Ken has said that they and when we talked to him, there was still some um, they were still kind of searching to solidify that developer portion of it. You know, public money, private money, developer developers that are going to get involved and i think they've solidified that a little bit more with daryl shaw and maybe some other people coming in which would be interesting um i do think it's very interesting and i don't know why and i haven't i've I've done some research on this and i haven't seen anything in print that has really explained why jeffrey vinnick is raising cash i don't understand He, he sold off parts of the lightning and now he's um I guess sold off his shares of, of the Water Street, or in some way uh, divested himself from that, which I think obviously would bring him more cash money. 
Um, but nobody seems in the in the articles that I've read in the business trades and everything else, nobody seems to understand what the move is and why he would be doing this right now. Although a lot of people, um, you're seeing a lot more teams for sale now because the values are so high and the economic future is so uncertain. It may be more tied to that. But I think in the next couple of months, we're going to get some some bombshells as far as the Ray Stadium goes and a lot more clarity. And I think you're going to see, um, you know, the St. Pete offer will, I guess, finally be made public <laughs> after being kept under wraps for so long. Um, and I will be able to see these two offers side by side and hopefully be able to, you know, at least the people of St. Petersburg will be able to say, okay, this is something we want to do and give some feedback to their, their city council. And the people in Hillsborough County will be able to do the same, and I think we'll get a much better feel for where this is all going. Um, but I think you know, we're coming to a head here, and that's, and that's good. Uh, but back to the on-field, and, and, and isn't it interesting how much bigger the crowds have been this year? Have you, have you seen a number on the attendance, how much it is up this year for the Rays overall? I would say it's got to be a good 25 30%. And, and so much of that is just marketing the team. I think another big part of it is the Lightning going out early. The Lightning going out early, put the focus on the Rays and their hot start. It was kind of been a perfect storm. They marketed the team. They stopped, you know, they, they kept the owner from, you know, disparaging the fan base and telling us this is not a major league market and putting up playoff signs and all this stupid crap that he likes to do. Well, they and are. And they marketed the team. And look, look what's they're, up going they're, on. They're just over up over 17,000 right now on average for home games. Okay. Which still puts them 27th in, in the league. But the attendance around Major League Baseball is up because last year they were sitting at 28th. Yeah, and that was with an attendance under fourteen thousand. So they're up what four thousand a game. Yeah, if you put them about twenty five. If you put them, yeah. if you put their current attendance into last year, they would be right around twenty two or twenty three. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, so twenty they're up about twenty five percent. That's good. That's great. And of course, when they move to Tampa, it's going to be much better than that. So look, I'm 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 bullish on this franchise. I think good things are happening. Um, this, I think the stadium situation is going to be settled here within the next six months, if not sooner, and and that's all good. And the team is, you know, and now we and now we zero in on what's going on on the field, and we keep and we say, okay, what's the owner going to do? Are they going to go out and make some big deals where they pick up guys that might cost them a little bit of money? They better, they better, with the payroll they have right now and what the money they have available. They should go out and make some deals and acquire players that make a lot of money and do stuff in the postseason. That's what I expect. What do you expect? I think if I mean to me, there's no better time than right than this team right now to put all your assets in and go for it. Now, when is a deal going to happen? I mean, we're still what a month away from the trade deadline, right? Or we're just under a month for the to, to the trade deadline, so I think you've got, you're almost going to have to hold on a little bit. I don't think there's not going to be a trade happening today or tomorrow or anything like that. I mean, what's the only trade that's really happened? I mean, Chapman to Chapman. the yeah. Chapman it's to the Rangers. One. It's a big one, which is a big one, and the Rangers are a direct competition. They needed help in their bullpen, and they got it in Chapman. And didn't give up much to get them. No, I I, th- I was going to say the return for Chapman. I wasn't. I don't think we were on whenever that happened, but the return I don't think was that great. No, honestly, no. Uh, but again, uh, a, we a middle of, a middle of the road reliever and a, and a pretty good young prospect, but very young prospect. Yes, but I will say, I mean, we've had the discussion, and you were on this this train first, and a lot of people are. Do you want to add somebody like that into your clubhouse, who can be a bit uh, when you've already got a he can be bit a. Of a you know. Well, I'm, I'm almost putting that to the side because I saw the I saw there was like the little part in the Times article this weekend where you know Randy was asked about it and he said you know we're good we're brothers and all that so it seems like we're all good on that standpoint 
Wander has certainly, to me, looked like a different guy since he's come back yep. from the the whole suspension. So yep. I'm moving I'm moving forward from that story at the moment. But do you want to add somebody who could be a ticking time bomb into your organization at any moment in a role mm-hmm. as Chapman, no matter no. how talented he is? Not really a raised thing to do, I'd argue. Yep. And there's a lot of guys out there that I think they can add. I mean, even go back to what twenty was it twenty twenty when they made the moves. Uh, the Nick Anderson one. Did any of us know who Nick Anderson really was when we got him? No. No, but my goodness, do they get where they were that season without Nick Anderson? No, no. Probably not. So maybe it's not going to be a name that we're familiar with, but I expect they will. Um, the bullpen has been much better lately. Don't, don't not mistake that, but I think they're, they could still get at least one more high-leverage guy in there. The that- rotation, what do you feel about that at the moment? Uh, I mean, with Todd, I mean, Todd just going through some of his inefficiencies. Is he going to be part of the rotation when we get to September and October? Uh, maybe not. He might be a bullpen guy. Well, and and that's the thing. You know, thinking, thinking. I was just going to say this. Who's our best swing and miss guy in the bullpen? Well, uh, on the staff, and just in terms of numbers. Oh, McClanahan. Taj has been pretty good. Taj has been there, but yeah. he he hasn't learned how to control not, a game like Shane. We're has. certainly not. We're, yeah, we're certainly not moving McClanahan to the bullpen. But I think if you know if if McClanahan can come back and be healthy, and Glass now can be healthy. Now hell, Eflin. Yeah, Man, every every outing, he Eflin, just seems to do his thing. Yeah, you got those three guys right there. You can get through. You, you know, you three starters. That's is almost good. all you need. So, but yeah, in the and, postseason. And also, I'm gonna point out what's going on with Drew Rasmussen. Yeah, we don't know. Is he coming back in know. September? We don't know. Because in know. my opinion, I mean, you add that guy to the fold, and anything you can get out of him, I think at this point, is a plus. Yeah. It's just cherries on top. swing and miss stuff, got great too. swing and miss yeah. stuff. I mean, it's not like you need a full five-man rotation. In most cases, you just need three guys. Right, right. To get so that's what I'm saying. You could, get, you could put Taj in the bullpen. And, and, but you need to start getting him used to do, you know, coming in. in because Jason Adam is just, he's lost. Yeah, I, I think the guys in the bullpen right now that you can count on, I mean, Fairbanks has had his moments, but I still think he's a very dependable option there in the back end. Uh, I'm going to throw Kevin Kelly in there. Cause Poche I mean, had a rough week. Yeah, but I think Poche's been really good, though, over the last yeah. couple months. Yeah. Kevin Kelly has been fantastic. Jake Diekman, you know, I, you know how I feel about him. As long as I don't see any Mr. Beaks around, and I don't think he'll be anywhere near this roster in October anyway. Yeah, but you're done with Mr. Beaks and Beaks? I, I think every yeah. Rays fan that's watching is done with Jalen Beaks. Yeah, yeah I, I would agree with <laughs> Not that. Not personal, but to the point about trade ships and stuff like that, I mean, you'd mentioned Brandon Lau. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I keep looking to the, the dude in AAA, Jonathan Aranda, who we're starting to talk about more, and he just wrapped up his month of June uh, with 43 hits, hitting four forty eight. With nine home wow. runs and 24 RBIs and a 1,354 OPS. <laughs> Holy shit. It, it, to me, it's clear. Oh, my God. It's clear that this guy deserves an opportunity to come up to the big leagues. But, again, he's kind of blocked right now because he gives you nothing defensively. And they already have a guy on their roster that hits and doesn't play defense. And his name is Harold Ramirez. Mm-hmm. He, that's kinda, I think Harold's kind of in his spot right now. Right. So unless an injury happens to Harold, which we're not praying for anything like that, obviously, no. I don't see a pathway for Jonathan Aranda to the big leagues right now. I just don't. And where the Rays are, can you afford to have somebody come up and as hot as they are in AAA to come up and we have to go through rookie you know, swings and stuff like that? Can well, this team afford that? he was up last that? year, so he's been up. It it's, won't be a shock. No, but, but it's still a question you have to ask. And at some point it's like... He's, what, 24, 25, so he's on the older side of prospects, really. Mm-hmm. His value, to me, has to be as high as it's ever been. Yeah. I think Jonathan Randa becomes a guy you start floating around of who's the pitcher we're going to add to this team. I agree. 
Unfortunately, I'd love to see him, but I just don't think it's in the cards right now for this and team. He, he just, you know, if you're not a good defensive player, you're just not part of the Rays' DNA. No, and in playoff baseball, can I count on somebody who's a liability defensively? Enough. Yeah. And that's how I have to look at it. I can't look towards what Randa's going to be next year. I, I am all in. I'm laser focused on what I can get you done this year. Got to give up something to get something. Yeah. yeah. So now, and it, 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 if you don't have to give up a guy who's going to be a, a huge cornerstone of your future, you know, um, like like Joe Ryan. Yeah. Hey, Nelly Cruz is back on the market. By the way, you want to entertain that one? I'm good. I'm good. Good with the Nelly Cruz stuff. But you know, we all thought, oh, there's a good. That's a that's a good move, and it just you know, it just didn't turn out. It just didn't turn out. Uh, a couple of uh, comments we want to get to here early on in the show. Uh, we always thank you guys for jumping in. You can comment on Facebook. You at uh, JP Peterson. Um, you can also uh, comment on our YouTube here and RHS TV as well. You can watch the show. Uh, on Twitter as well, we'll get to you. Uh, Buck's Basement says, do you think our cheap owner has seen our three-game losing streak and is planning on adding at the deadline? Also, please get rid of Beeks. I'm tired of <laughs> giving up runs every time he's on a mound. Yeah, I think Beeks is, is not long for this world. And that's the question. You know, they're sitting at, a, what, about a $70 million payroll? Fifty million fifty nine, I think, active. They have flexibility to add. They, you know, if, if this if they don't add this year with that five hundred million dollars sitting in the bank, um, then I, I don't know when they're ever going to add. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, this is a team that needs to step up. And you know, for years and years and years, you know, Neander has been hamstrung at the deadline to not add significant salary because that's the way the Rays roll. And hopefully, things we've seen signs that things have changed. They've said. They've said out loud in the media that they would that that will not keep them from making moves at the deadline. So let's put our money where our mouth is, and if we have to go out because it's you know guys that have bigger salaries are are easier easily more easily obtained because teams don't want to pay that salary, especially if they're going into free agency. Okay, so let's go step up. I don't know who that guy is, but um, those guys better not be on the crossed out list. Like, do not sign list because they make too much money. But that's been, you know, let's just be honest, that's the history of the franchise. Uh, James says, I was looking the other day at the Rays that played at least five more games than other teams. How does that happen? That's eh, scheduling. You know, it's just scheduling. It all catches up at some point. Yeah, and the Rays, have, they've started to get more off days lately, especially on Mondays. There was yeah, a stretch they, they were playing every Monday. Yeah, they're going to have they have the most days off in the second half. And isn't that what you'd rather have? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and look how great the Rays have made it out yeah. with the tough yeah. schedule. Yeah, so let be blessed. At this point, it's a good thing, right? You got through it. Um, Richie P. saying could be a precursor for the World Series, the Braves Series. Precursor. That's a big word for Rick, Richie P. Busting it out this early in the morning. Good well, job. Well, I, I tell you what. I mean, I think the Braves are definitely, obviously, the class of the NL. But they're good. It's yeah, they bad. are. The American League. I tell you what, I'm at the point now where I'm starting to view who's the who's the competition. I don't think anybody's buying any team in the AL Central as competition. The Rangers, I think, are are there clearly, but is the pitching going to hold up? I think is the question for the Rangers right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. The Astros are kind of the sleeping giant. They haven't played their best baseball, but we know they're a different team yeah. come playoff time. Yeah. And then, is anybody else in the AL East can you buy as a World Series team? No, 
I mean, I know the AL East is the best division in baseball, and they have all these records with record with the, everybody being over five hundred. But the Boston, Yankees are so Boston's not dependent. that team. The Yankees are judge dependent. They're fragile. I don't know if Cashman has you know for whatever reason they don't seem like they're willing to go out and get the guys anymore that they used to get. Uh, Toronto, I, I you know how I feel about Toronto. I think they're just they're just an enigma. And then Baltimore, I think, is too early. How about Toronto? Their baseball team and their hockey team, same shit. Yeah, it really just is. Really, really, really ultra talented, but uber talented. But you, but you can't, can't put, put, put your it finger together. on it, and no. you're like, something's wrong there. Something's missing. It's the opposite of Champa Bay. Yeah, it's Loser Bay. <laughs> Do they have a bay? Um, Lake Ontario. Lake Ontario. That's it. That's it right there. Uh, that, 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 uh, Richie P says, um, I mean, he is really cash heavy right now. He mentioned in an article that he wants to spend more time with his grandson, which is nice. But you're right, Chippy. Something is is between the lines. Yeah, what do you do with your grandkids? What do you do with them? Take them to baseball games. <laughs> That's what you do. I said I saw. I got. I don't want to mention this too much because it gives them un, unneeded publicity. But our friend Shadow of the Stadium, Noah Pransky, said uh, put in one of his ridiculous tweets. Oh, Jeffrey Vinnick doesn't want a baseball stadium. What? What? Jeffrey Vinnick does not want a baseball stadium in Tampa. How freaking stupid is that? First, first of all, I said, oh, where did he say that? Give me the quote. Show me the proof, which there is none. Um, and if, why, if, you, if you built $3 billion worth of condos and businesses and restaurants and retail, you wouldn't want a baseball stadium nearby that bring in huge crowds 81 times or 100 times a year, concerts and stuff? That makes zero sense, buddy. Zero sense, like most of the stuff you put out. Um, and, and by the way, all this anti-stadiums, you know, especially here in Tampa, Stadiums aren't worth the money, blah, blah, blah. Of course, if the public is going to foot the entire bill and it's going to be tax money that has to be raised, no, you don't do it that way. But that's not the way things are done anymore. It's a partnership between the teams, developers, and public money. And Hillsborough County has at least $350 million, if not way more, because their bed tax has gone almost doubled in the last five years. Plus, the city of Tampa can also put some money in. And the Rays have said that they're willing to pay half. So there's plenty of money to get the deal done in Hillsborough County. Anybody who says otherwise just doesn't know how this works. They just don't, they don't know how modern baseball stadiums are now constructed. Does Pinellas County have more bed tax money? Yes, they do. But that doesn't mean squat. When you're talking about a, a, a something that is, unless you've got an owner who just wants to do a money grab, which could, you know, that, we won't put that past Stu Sternberg, but Major League Baseball owners aren't going to go for that. Um, Thomas Casper brought this up as Vinnick has a Red Sox investment of some sort. He did. I think he divested that a long time ago when he bought the Lightning, if I'm not mistaken. But it does know it does put, put, uh, point out that um, he baseball owners know him. He's been part of the baseball owners club. So yes, they know him. They trust him. They know he has deep pockets. They know what uh, what he's done in Tampa. They know he'd be a per- perfect point person to lead this effort. Um, if he were to be part of it. It just seems very interesting that nobody knows why in the business community he's divesting and raising all this cash. There's been, you know, and he has also, um, you know, he did sell a piece of lightning to a group of hedge fund investors who are involved in other sports ventures throughout the world. So, and, and they don't have much in the baseball portfolio. So that is just, you know, just another nugget that may mean they want to, you know, go in on the race. I don't know. Uh, you know, to me, it makes more sense than anything in the world that a guy who just spent, you know, just led a three billion dollar, 
deal in in in, in uh, at Water Street would want to get involved in a huge real estate development uh, project that is just on his doorstep, basically, right? You know, uh, right there, but next to Emily Arena, everything else he owns in Water Street, and now he's suddenly raising all this cash. You know, you, you kind of say, okay, maybe that's maybe that's something that's going on here, but uh, we don't know. We're just connecting the dots at this point. Um, Thomas says Minnick buying the race for his family is a no-brainer. I, I, I agree, hundred uh, percent. And you know what would be another? What has he done more than anything? But is, since he's been here, he's gravitated towards Tampa Bay and done things for us here that have you know produced so many jobs, so much economic activity. This would just be another cherry on top, and part and, and so on brand for him. Uh, Richie P says he's using the Google thesaurus this morning. <laughs> Wait till I bust out. No, stop it. Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. Can you spell that? Uh, no. Okay. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's take a break, and then we'll come back and we'll get into the Wander Franco stuff because Wander said something yesterday that was extremely self-aware, and I was glad to hear it. And I think many were, and I think it uh, it bodes well. And we'll talk a little bit about where the Rays are on the field, what's going on there. We got some Bucks news. We'll talk about, uh, we got hot dog eating, we got all kinds of great stuff. And in our second hour, our patriotic theme, your best patriotic moments in sports, where you went USA, USA. When we come back, stay with us. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life changer. You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jp sent you get a free consultation 
It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call, 727-894-2929, 727-894-2929, or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 left after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through extravaganzaproductions.com or call 813-621-4700. Extravaganza Productions, they are awesome. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on Fan Stream Sports. Only just begun. Lifted toward left center field. Schwaber on the move. That's going to be over his head, and that ball will get out of here. A home run to left center field. Bronco got tremendous carry the other way and hits his 10th home run of the year to put the Rays on the board. 
What a home run by Wander Franco. Uh, unbelievable. By the way, uh, we're brought to you in our first hour by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Get that personal attention that you so richly deserve. Go with one of those big law firms. You never know if they're going to ever answer your call. I made that mistake, and guess what? They did not. Uh, many, many years ago I did that. Uh, but I wouldn't do it now because I know all about the Jeeves Law Group, and they will give you that great personal attention. They will fight for you as well. You've heard Scott Jeeves on our show here. Great dude, very approachable. But he is an absolute bulldog, or should I say gator, when it comes to defending your rights. Uh, so if you have any legal issues whatsoever, it's the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group. Dot com. Um, big race fan as well. Wander Franco, I, I, that pitch that he hit out to left field, left center field, 380, whatever it was. For the pitch previous, Nola threw, I think, a fastball that was about four inches off the plate in the other batter's box, and the ump called it a strike. And, he, and, he, and Wander just kind of, you know, and to his credit, he didn't lose his mind, as, as I did. You know, it was 3 nothing at this particular point. It's eighth inning. It's still very much a game. And um, so then Nola says, oh, you're going to give me that. <laughs> I'm going back out there again, this time with a breaking ball. So he throws a big sweeping breaking ball that probably starts outside the batter's box, and it's coming back in. And Wander just moves over and barrels up a ball that was off the plate, a breaking ball, a high-breaking ball off the plate, outside, and hits it the opposite field. That's damn near impossible to do that 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 i just went what the f wow maybe at that moment they came to their senses and said you know what you do deserve to go to the all-star game well it shouldn't have taken that i think we've seen yeah. plenty from this season to get wander in the all-star game but yeah. you know what as kevin cash said yesterday doesn't matter how you get in as long as you get in right and wander franco has made his first all-star game the first of many uh, here at what 22 years of age, which is a big years thing. Of age. I don't. I just. I've never seen. I mean, Longoria was really good his first three years. Okay, mm-hmm. I could argue he probably had the quickest ascent of any star. Yeah. With the Rays, especially homegrown, but I still think Wander Franco is the most talented player that has ever graced this franchise. I truly believe that. And you saw it like would pitch. I mean, that to me summed up why you're willing to go through and work with him on some of the kind of off-the-field things and, and maturity issues. You're willing to go through that all day, every day, because of the talent. And you saw it on display yesterday. To your point, I, I just have no idea how in the world he took that opposite field. He's just an immensely talented hitter. There's a reason why he's only behind Otani and Acuna in total war this season. Yeah, He should have been an all-star right away, but he's there now. The Rays have four, and, and good for Wander. He definitely, he definitely earned this one, I think. No question about it. And... Um... Eflin deserved the win, no question about it. He pitched tremendously well again against his good buddy Aaron Nola. Um, Just got no run support whatsoever. You know, the Rays are starting to expand the zone. They were just up against a great pitcher. But to me, a lot of their hitting troubles are starting to look a lot like last year where guys are expanding, not waiting for their pitch, not going – not being as patient as they were earlier in the year. Maybe they're all, you know, trying to live up to the hype now that they're the, the best team in baseball. They just need to get back to playing the way they were playing, especially the way they were hitting. I, I see a little bit more anxiousness at the plate. Is that fair? Yeah, a little bit. But I'm I just chalk it. I'm just chalking it up to fatigue, really. I think it's just a typical lull. That, no, Brandon Lau being in the lineup. I mean, he listen. He did rip one. He did he had a nice hit to start the game. Mm. He had the first hit of the game for the Rays. Mm. It was good to see. 
It's going to take him three strikeouts. It's going to take him time to get into to the, to the swing of things. He's been off for a little bit, and he wasn't doing great before the injury. He's, all right. He said, "Listen, the good thing is he feels like all the back issues are behind him. He doesn't seem like he has any pain." So let's see if he goes on one of these heaters. And, let's go. And let's time it up on July 16th well, or whatever the first game is after. That's why I'm after. trashing him so that he will do yes, this. Yes, I know. This, is how, this is how it works. All right, let's listen to Wander's post because I thought it was very interesting. Through his interpreter, um, what he said about not being originally selected to the All-Star games. Listen to this. All right, Wander Franco, you're an All-Star. How's that sound? Courtesy of Valley Sports. Well, that sounds really good. Thank God. What would a young Wander Franco say to this, knowing that this is your first All-Star game? ¿Qué dirá un Wander Franco joven de de tu ya esta edad ser estrella? Me agradezco mucho a Dios por por la oportunidad y se trabajamos para eso, ¿sabes? Y gracias a Dios por se me abrió la oportunidad. I think I would thank God a lot for for this opportunity and especially for the hard work and. Thank you. I feel good. What type of hard work has gone into this season to put together an all-star season for you? ¿Qué tipo de trabajo has hecho este año para tener una temporada que has tenido? Confía mucho en Dios y trabaja fuerte, ¿sabes? Nunca baja la cabeza, que tenemos un momento malo y un momento difícil, pero hay que seguir adelante. Yeah, you know, thank God for this opportunity. Never keep your head up. Try to stay positive uh, and just never take advantage of any of these opportunities and just have fun. Wonder how much were you were you thinking about this and hoping it would happen after you were not initially chosen for the team. Tanto estuviste pensando del juego de las estrellas después que no te habían votado, que no habías hecho el equipo al principio. Bueno, primeramente sé que me porté mal, quizás esa fue una de las razones que me afectó bastante y y pero nunca bajamos la cabeza, seguimos alzando la cabeza y haciendo el trabajo. Uh, well, at first I was probably because of the behavior that I thought it was the reason why I didn't make it, but I kept my head up and thank God I'm in it. There's the key, you know. He, he thinks maybe it was because he got benched and, uh, you know, the behavior that was going on. Because, you know, people in baseball talk. They talk. You know, players talk before the game, you know, around the batting cage. They, they you know, after, before. They talk. So other players know what was going on with Juan DeFranco. Um, you know, some may have thought he was disrespecting the game by the way he was playing. Certainly the, the, the Rays did, right? They wouldn't have done what they did. But, man, this all seems to be coming together nicely, right? Um, you know, the suspension happens, he comes back, he looks like he and Randy have kind of buried the hatchet, and that, that all looks good. And now he's not, he's snubbed for the All-Star game, so he's kind of, and he understands that it might be because of the way he's acting. So, I mean, if that's not a wake-up call, and now you get to go to the All-Star game and, you know, maybe you fly there with all the Braves players as well and start soaking up all the knowledge of these other young superstars like Acuna and, and some of these other players that he will meet at the All-Star game and kind of understand, you know, hey, you know, how are you handling this? How are you doing this? What are you doing? And maybe they, you know, some of these older players, you know, the Juan Sotos or whoever it is that he looks up to can say, look, you know, look, young man, it's not easy, but this is where you have to comport yourself if you want to have a long storied career. It's not just about your incredible talent. You got to be a good teammate. You got to be able to work with these guys. You got to kind of shelve your ego a little bit, and 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 be a be a better teammate. And boy, what what better place to do it than there? Yeah, he seems he seems really remorseful. Yeah, obviously with what he said there, and uh, really I think does. that's the good thing. We're moving now. We are moving on from it. Yes. Now we can move on from it. Well, unless something pops up. Well, if something pops up, we'll get back into it. But for now, I think we can move forward now and hope that there's no more issues. And We'll leave it alone. And we'll leave it alone. Well, and hopefully he goes and has a nice all-star moment. That would be good. Yes, it would. Yeah. 
So I'm looking forward. I hope he gets in. I hope he makes a couple plays. I'm looking forward to the All-Star game. We'll talk more about that tomorrow and as we get head into the weekend. But, yeah, it's, uh, this, is, this is all good timing for Wander Franco. And that thing <laughs> pitch he hit out yesterday was ridiculous. All right, we'll take another quick break. When we come back, we're going to take you live to the uh, TGH Iceplex where the future of the Lightning is on display. The development camp is on with their top picks. And our man, intern Nick, is there live covering it all for us. So we'll get him on the phone and find out what's happening with the uh, future stars of the Lightning. We're brought to you by Italiano Insurance at Bay Area Model Medical Center, BAMMC.com. We'll chat with Chris Lugo a little bit later on as well. So stay with us. This is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body Machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on True Body and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on FanStream Sports. All right. Welcome back. We are brought to you by the great folks at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. 
Chris Lugo over there. We had a great chat with him last week uh, talking about uh, becoming your primary care physician. So if you're looking for a new primary care, and you probably should after all the shenanigans that's gone on in the medical field over the past few years, um, he is on the cutting edge, and they do everything with an eye towards uh, the future and what people are doing now that's really working for people, uh, not some of the old-time Western medicine. Give them a pill, one-size-fits-all, and shove them out the door in 15 minutes. That's not the way they do it over there. Uh, I sat down with him last week for over an hour and 20 minutes talking about my personal situation and uh, developing a personal uh, medical uh, guide for you for working out, for uh, anti-aging, all that great stuff. They're on the cutting edge. It's Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B-A-M-M-C dot com. All right, uh, Intern Nick is live over at the TGH Iceplex. Been uh, watching the development camp the last couple of days. What's up, Nick? How are you? Doing good, man. How are you guys been? Good, good. So tell us all about what's going on over there. I know Isaac Howard is over there. Last year's the number one pick. Um, and you got uh, Ethan Gauthier, who's uh, this year's top pick. So tell us what's happening over there. Well, they're uh, splitting them up into groups. Each one is getting some time with the uh, new coaching staff for Syracuse. Because the lighting just a uh, clean house down there. So for a lot of the guys coming from Syracuse, this is their first time working with the uh, new staff. Uh, right now, they're just going through uh, skating skills drills. And then after, at about uh, 11, 12, yeah, 12-ish, they're going to start uh, continuing their uh, three-on-three tournament, which they uh, started yesterday. Nice. So who's standing out? Who? What, yeah. what do you see? What do you see? Uh, well, you mentioned him earlier, uh, Ethan Gutierrez. I actually really like him. He's been looking really good. And the other guy, and I've also interviewed him, which you can see on our Instagram, is uh, Gage Gonclaves, who was our second round pick in 2020, and who has been probably one of the best players for the Syracuse Crunch, in my opinion. He's been tearing it up down here, looking really good. He's actually out on the ice right now, so I'm watching him skate around. He's killing it once again. Uh, Lucas Edmond, he also is another big star for Syracuse. He's doing really well. He had a hat trick in like most of the three-on-three games the other day, so he's another guy who I would actually think has a really good shot of making the roster this year. So, like that's the thing. Like these are a lot of prospects, but there's also like a lot of guys here who I think could not only make the Lightning in the future. I think there's a couple of players who can arguably make the roster on uh, opening day, and that would be Gonclaves and Edmonds. Wow. Yeah, and I know you got a chance to speak to some of those guys. Uh, take us, just take us through a little bit of some of those uh, those interviews you had with them and, and your impression of them just as, as players, obviously, and as people, and, and their excitement level to be there, and like you said there, the chance to potentially crack the, the bottom six here in the rotation this season. Yeah, they were all pretty cool. Uh, they were kind of surprised because I don't think they told them that they would do media. So, like, they literally had just walked off the ice and in the locker room, and then they just let us in, like, as they started trying to, you know, get out of their jersey. So they were a little shocked by that. But they were all really open to talking to me. Cool. Uh, they were all really cool. Uh, Ethan, Ethan G, as I call him again, he was the most open about how he's feeling. But I think that's just because, you know, he literally just got drafted last week. And now he's in Tampa for the first time, so it's a bit of a whirlwind for him. Yeah. So you know, they're just you know they're kind of just taking me me through you know what it's been like for them. You know, a lot of these guys are from all around the world, not just the United States. We got guys from overseas. So you know, I think for them, it's just kind of like really cool for them just to be here, get a little bit of NHL experience with pro level coaches, 
And for some of them, I think they see it as a good chance to make a good impression on the big club because, you know, a lot of the front office is here. I haven't seen them, but I've heard uh, Julian Priestboy has been uh, keeping an eye on them. So, you know, I think, you know, it is, like, light. Like, during the three-on-three, they told them no hitting. So, like, they're not, like, going fully hard when they play. But there are expectations, you know. Like, they are trying to make a good impression on uh, management. Now tell me, you interviewed these guys. I was listening to the Gauthier interview. He's first of all, my God, these kids look so young. They're so young. My goodness. Um, what, what what interesting things did you learn about their path uh, to the pros and and how they're handling things? Uh, well, with Ethan, the one thing I think is he knows that there's a lot of extra expectations and because not just of what, when he was drafted, but what they, the Lightning traded to get him. And I think even the Lightning have high expectations for him, because on uh, the pamphlet they gave us that has the details about all the players, for him it literally says directly on there, traded Ross Fulton to get him. Which to me I feel like is a big deal, because they're like <laughs> basically saying we got rid of, like they're acknowledging we got rid of this uh, impact player to, to draft this guy. Yeah. And because of that I think there's a lot of expectations on them. Yeah, it certainly would, especially but, uh, at a young age, yeah. 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 Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it's shocking how young they are. There's, there's guys here who are younger than me, and I'm 20 years old. <laughs> like, Isaac Howard is still 19. Yeah. Yeah. What would you, would you get from his interview? You know, he's a little cool. There there was some stuff that he's they asked me not to ask him about, and that was, like, you know, him with college. He's, uh, he's played from Minnesota to Luke, but he's transferring to Michigan State where he'll yeah. play uh, this upcoming season. Mm-hmm. So, it, and that is a big question mark about him. People don't really know what he's planning to do after. Like, will he, you know, go the route of finish his college career and then finish up the professional season at Syracuse? We don't know. But for right now, I think what he's, what I got from him is he's just down here just trying to, like, you know, get used to the new coaching staff as well as, you know, just try to gain a little more pro experience as well as stay in the Lightning's good races so that they know he's still committed to this team. Yeah. All right, partner, well, you're doing a hell of a job over there, so I know you, 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 it's a lot better than being outside, right, in that cold uh, that cold iceplex there. So get some more interviews for us. Oh, You'll yeah. be putting it up on our Instagram show page. Follow us at the J.P. Peterson Show on Instagram, and you can get all these great interviews uh, that Nick's doing with these young kids that are much younger than him. So good stuff, my man. Uh, great job. We'll talk to you down the line. We'll see you tomorrow. All right, man. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks. All right, cool. All right, we'll take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, our uh, patriotic theme hour. We're going to give you our, our top five moments in American sports history that made you go USA, USA. We got the young buck here, and we got the old dude here, so you're going to get a nice perspective of each one. You guys can add yours in the comment section on YouTube or on Facebook or on any of our social media outlets. Play along. And uh, we'll relive some of these great, great memories. Stay with us. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric 
cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Well, Fitz the Mortgage Guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up. They're going down. They're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz the Mortgage Guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to scott at amstampa.com. During COVID, over 1.7 million people were added to the Florida Medicaid rolls, but as of April 1st, 2023, most of these people may not be eligible for the Medicaid coverage and will lose their health plan. If you have been notified you are losing your coverage, don't freak out. It's very likely you can apply for a federal subsidy under the Affordable Care Act. Just call 877-652-0244. Our representatives will walk you through the whole process, get some basic information on your income, number of kids, and then they'll find a plan that best fits your needs. In fact, with the new laws, 90% of Americans qualify for reduced or free health care. You can select great plans like Florida Blue, that's my carrier, love them, paying $800 less after making the call. 877-652-0244. Our highly trained professionals know all the intricacies of the new laws. They will do all the work. You save tons of money. So if you're being dropped from Medicaid, fear not. Call 877-652-0244. Get real health insurance, free doctor visits, free blood work, no deductibles. 877-652-0244. Hey, JP here for Extravaganza Productions Incorporated, EPI. You've probably seen their purple logo at so many events that you've gone to. They are based in Tampa, and for over 33 years, they've been creating and producing conferences, meetings, and special events, the biggest to the smallest, solid reputation of delivering the best audiovisual, sound, lighting, entertainment, video production, and decor on time and on budget. I've worked with them with so many big events, the Warrior Games, which was an Olympic-style event all over Uh, Tampa Bay from McDill to the Convention Center to USF. They did it flawlessly, made it look big and fantastic. I've worked with them on small events as well, Uh, large and small meetings and conferences, sporting events, fundraisers. If you got a fundraiser, you don't know the logistical way to pull it off, they'll take care of everything. Entertainment events, branding events, grand openings, so much more. The folks at Extravaganza Productions are the most professional and the best. I've worked with them many times. They are fantastic. You can contact them through Extravaganza productions.com or call 813-621-4700 extravaganza productions they are awesome ladies and gentlemen let's rock this is fan stream sports with jp is there the puck is still loose 11 seconds you've got 10 seconds the countdown going on right now morrow up to show five seconds left in the game you believe in miracles yes 
As they mob Jim Craig behind the United States goal, the miracle on ice, arguably the greatest moment in U.S. sports history. Uh, And this will be our theme for the next hour here. Glad you're joining us here as we celebrate uh, July 4th uh, with some patriotic sports stories that have moved you over the years. Uh, So I'm going to have my top five list. Nick will have his top five list, and then you guys can jump in as well and comment on some of the moments that made you scream, USA, 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 back in the time when patriotism was cool. And uh, there have been so many many great moments over the years for me as I've watched. um, You know, I'm a huge Olympic fan. I love the Olympics. I get all geeked up for um, for USA. I love watching international soccer. I love watching the United States men's and women's teams when they compete. That's another sense of real pride. Um, so what are what are yours? We're already getting uh, some that that are coming in, and just hearing hearing Al Michaels call that moment. Um, and many of you have seen the uh, the the movie as well, Miracle on Ice. Um, Herb Brooks uh, passed away a couple of years ago. It's just it's just the the ultimate David versus Goliath story as the the mighty Russians. I mean, you have to remember, folks, that these, these Russians. When I, you're growing up, the Russians had all of their professional players playing basketball, playing hockey. I mean, these were grown ass men going up against you know college kids. And when it came to hockey, it was it was ridiculous. It was like you know the Tampa Bay Lightning playing against the University of Tampa in, in hockey. That's that's what a mismatch this was. And for the Americans to go out and do what they did, and nobody saw it live on TV. It was in Lake Placid, 1980. Um, you know, the, most of the Olympics were on tape delay. I remember, you know, staying up late to, to try and watch it or to even hear what was going on. And um, it was just, it was incredible. And you were, on, you were just on the edge of your couch, on the edge of your seat, just those, the last three minutes. You know, the Russians are just peppering Jim Craig right and left. He's making save after save. And then they they, they, they get the way. And even watching the highlights with no, you know, the Dasher boards don't have any advertisements. There's nothing on the ice at all. It just looks so archaic. Yeah, I mean, Incredible moment. 19 years before I was born, this moment happened. So I'm sure you feel much older now. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, but for my generation, we have the movie. And I, I will go to bat for that movie as maybe the best movie ever that's captured a sports moment. Yeah. I yeah. think it really does. And Kurt Russell plays that role phenomenally. And I, I, I have it, like, taped on my phone because like, when I'm, like, just in random times, I just want to watch it when I'm bored. Is <laughs> the, the speech in the movie. Oh, yeah. Before yeah. they go out. I mean, it gives me, that gives me chills every single time. Oh. Well, let's let's dial that up if you want to dial that up. Well, we could listen to that sound. I'll as try well. to find that sound, but uh, yeah, Kurt that, Russell, right? Yeah, Kurt Russell playing His, Herb Brooks. Playing Herb Brooks in that movie was fantastic. But yeah, it's like one of those things. Like you talk about the greatest upsets in sports, and I mean, there's been a lot, but I just can't imagine like going back and watching the movie and going do my own research through it. The thirty for thirty that they did a few years back on the the Soviet side of it, where yeah, all the players yeah. had to talk about it yeah, and how cool. much like. It's like almost like they completely let down their entire country, yeah. and they were like scared to go back home and stuff like yeah. that. Like it was yeah. a freaking huge deal yeah. that they, and the fact that they could lose to a bunch of U.S. amateurs and nobody's heard of. And and, and you also have to uh, understand the geopolitical times of it as well. This was in the um, towards the end of the Cold War, 
and you know Russia versus USA was anytime they got together on on an uh, uh, athletic field, there was tension. And you know the Russians did everything. I go back to nineteen. I think it was nineteen seventy-two when uh, the United States got screwed out of the gold in basketball yeah. by some horrible calls. I remember watching that, being just you know just <laughs> irate uh, about what happened. Um, but it was you know these, this this was a big geopolitical yeah. thing. Here, let's play the. I got I got the movie clip pulled up here. A little two minute clip here from Herb Brooks' oh, speech. So good, so good. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here tonight, boys. Boys. That's what you've earned here tonight. One game. If we played them ten times, they might win nine. Not this game. Not tonight. Oh. Tonight, we skate with them. Tonight, we stay with them. And we shut them down because we can. Tonight, we are the greatest hockey team. You were born to be hockey players. Every one of you. And you were meant to be here tonight. This is your time. Their time is done. It's over. I'm sick and tired of hearing about what a great hockey team the Soviets have. Screw them. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Every time it gets me. Every time it gets me. And if you're watching it, you know, they're panning the players with the USA on their shirts. Um... I mean, it's just, to me, there's nothing better in sports. Yeah, I root for my teams. You know, I grew up being a Dolphin fan. You know, that was fantastic. But it, when, when it's your country, in those, in those moments, I mean, it, it's it, just... There's, it's nothing, just, there's nothing like rooting on your country. And that's why, like, the World Cup is so special when yes, the U.S. is in yes. it. I mean, look at the, look at the numbers the, the USA World Cup games were drawing. For people who probably have never entertained watching soccer before, right? But for one month at least, we all get into it. Yeah, yeah. everybody puts to get, puts aside whatever BS we're going through as a country, and we're all locked in on that national team. Yeah, and soccer has always been that way. Hockey, unfortunately, because we can't figure out a way to get these guys in the Olympics anymore. Because uh, you know, yeah. but when we have, it's been great. Every, when we have, it's been fantastic every single time. Uh, but yeah, nothing greater than the mirror. I think that has to be the number one moment. I, you know, I just I know there's been a lot of moments that have obviously come after it, but I just don't think anything could touch that one still. All right, so that's that's one of mine. We'll go back and forth here. Give me you mentioned soccer. You got a couple of soccer's in your top five, so let's go with that. 
Yes, my my top. My, I don't know if it's my top moment. I'm kind of out of order here, but it does. Yeah, <clears throat> in no particular order. I'm going with Landon Donovan, his winner in the World Cup in 2010 against Algeria. Uh, this moment, if you recall, the goal that he scored literally in stoppage time to send the U.S. through to, yes. to the next stage. Yes. This was probably my my first year where I really zeroed in on soccer from a fan perspective. So like, I had like the Landon Donovan USA jersey. I was sitting at home on my couch wearing that jersey, proud as could be. And it looked like the U.S. was probably not going to make it through. But then Landon Donovan... This was to put them into the through the group stage. Through the group stage to yeah. play England in the knockout rounds. And here was the goal here called by uh, the great Ian Dark. The order who plays it deep Saifi with a header. Howard gratefully claims it. Distribution, brilliant. Landon Donovan, there are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. But Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Certainly through. Oh, it's incredible. You could not write a script like this. Wow. I remember that. I was, I was in, uh, speaking of McDinton's, I was in McDinton's watching that. Oh, wow. Oh, and dude, I mean, that, that, at the time, that was kind of really the big soccer bar here in town, in, in, in Tampa. They would, you know, show the, you know, now, of course, Premier League is everywhere, right? But, they, and, you know, watch, people would go there in the early mornings on Saturdays and Sundays, and they would play the games, Premier League and everything else. So it was kind of a soccer hotbed. The place was packed elbow to elbow. And when, ugh, when he scored, oh, my God. It, you want to talk about an explosion? It was incredible. Um, and, and kind of talk about the importance of that in terms of USA soccer. I think that singular moment had so much to do with the growth of the game. Really I do. think we're talking so much about you know the current team that we have right now, which is great. Let's not let's undersell that because this is the most talented US team we've ever had. But I think that World Cup in particular, if you think about it, all the all the guys that are playing now, they were probably about my age at the time. At least Polisic was. I'm the same age as Polisic, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he must have been my same age, obviously, watching that. How could you not get inspired by that? Uh, and that World Cup, I mean, I mean, that was a great team as it is that we don't talk about. I shouldn't say great team. For USA standards, that was a great team. And Landon Donovan, I thought, was the first, like, superstar American player. Mm-hmm. He really was. Like he played over Europe. He played over at Europe, which at that time was super rare from a player. The MLS that was around where David Beckham came in, so it was already seeing this growth. I think this right here put soccer on the map in the U.S. personally. And you got to get, you got to start somewhere to get to where we are now. And I think this started it. I, I really do. I, I believe that. And watching USA soccer as I have over the years, that was really the the time when. Um, and then we went to play England and. Um, I'm trying to remember that match where I, I, we were kind of outclassed a little bit, as I as I recall, right? And but that was but it didn't take away from the moment of what Landon Donovan did. And uh, yeah, that was that was an incredible moment, no question about it. So, so my next moment, it, it's not much, it's not really a moment as it is um, a story, and that's the story of Pat Tillman. Now, Pat Tillman was an NFL uh, football player, and his entire family had served in the United States military um, over the years. I believe he even had a family member die in action. And when 9-11 happened, and he had just signed a, uh, not a huge contract, but a, but a multi-million dollar contract with the Arizona Cardinals. It's one of the better safeties in the game. And Pat Tillman felt like 
after 9-11 that being a football player was just not what he was called to do. And that there was so much that he even talked about feeling guilty about being a football player and making all this money while all these soldiers were doing what they did and, and going over there and um, over to Afghanistan and serving and trying to root out these terrorists, trying to find uh, Osama bin Laden and, and what have you. Now, as you look at it in retrospect, you kind of, and we'll tell the whole story here, it, it doesn't feel like a very proud American moment, which is the point of me bringing this up. But to me, it was the ultimate sports story in terms of sacrifice. We, you know, our, our generation doesn't know the sacrifice of the greatest generation. It's hard for us to really understand it. And clearly we have forgotten it. And it's not even taught. D-Day is not even taught in, in local public schools anymore, I've been told by, by many. Um, most of the kids growing up today don't even know what D-Day was. Um, not just the most important moment in in freedom history, quite frankly, none of us would be living the lives that we live today if not for that moment um, and the bravery that those men showed. And, you know, for Pat Tillman, those were, that was an important part of his life. And he forsaked his, his multi-million dollar uh, contract and went off to fight. And I just, I just remember it just being such a, a, a moment of, of sacrifice and understanding, wow, this, is, this guy really gets it, that freedom is not free. And you just, it was, to me, it was an important moment. And when sports intersected with it and, you know, the NFL, it kind of a, a as an, an other part of it, when and the NFL returned from 9-11, it was such an incredible, I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But, you know, for Pat Tillman to do that, it was just, you know, it's really hit me hard. It really hit me hard about what real sacrifice is. Now, fast forward, he goes to Afghanistan and, you know, the United States military is telling us of, of his bravery and all these incredible things he's doing leading his, his combat unit um, into battle. And it, you know, ends up that, you know, Pat Tillman became very disenchanted with the way the war was going and way the superiors were running the war and how political it had become. And they weren't able to engage the way they wanted to engage. He had started to write some very critical things in his diary. And lo and behold, uh, the United States military was using these stories to uh, increase recruitment and what have you. Not the bad stories, but the heroic stories. And then he gets killed by what turned out to be friendly fire. Um, and some believe that there was some nefarious things going on with that. So it kind of encapsulates all the greatest of, of what, uh, what's great about our country and, and what's bad about our country. And I think we have to acknowledge all of it. And if we don't acknowledge it, we can't fix it. And I think that's one of the problems that we're going through with our country right now is we're not acknowledging a lot of the things that are wrong. And you can't fix it. Where There's no truth in what's happening. It's, it's censorship. It's a lot of BS that's going on, in my opinion. So uh, to me, that's where sports intersected with politics and, and, and patriotism that showed a lot of different sides of it. So it was important to me. Uh, what's your next moment? My next one is a is a post nine eleven moment as well, uh, and it actually comes to the world of wrestling. If you can believe it, of course. I'm not sure if glad you added this one. I'm not sure if you know much about this one. You might, but when WWE was the first kind of sport slash entertainment, whatever you want to call it, company that staged a show right after nine eleven, and this was two days after in Houston, I want to say. And wow. it was it was SmackDown, a live SmackDown, and 
you have to go back and watch the clip. It's uh, if you haven't seen it. It's Vince McMahon in the ring, and he's addressing the crowd there in Houston. He's really addressing the country as well. Yeah. It was that, and this was back when you know we're talking like north of five million people are watching every single wrestling show. So wow. this was a huge audience. Yeah. Um, and they had all that the NFL like, right? And they had all the wrestlers come up on the stage and and stood there, uh, you know, hand in hand. And you saw they did the national anthem. Lillian Garcia sang it, and they showed the wrestlers. And you know, a lot of them were crying and tears in their eyes and things like that. And it was just a huge like. I don't want to obviously it wasn't like a celebration or anything but it was like a stamp of like you know we're going to be okay we're going to move forward and WWE really led the charge in that and that was a big thing I know for Vince who's a very patriotic patriotic guy uh so that was a great moment and it was also a show where they threw the storylines out the window and they just went out there and and entertained for one night only so that I think that because I'm a big wrestling fan I think I had to put that one on the list Yeah you know and and it's it's interesting because when you think about it outside of sporting events, where do we all gather in mass? You know, um, it's it's become in, in many ways the public square and the place where people can come together as a country, celebrate things as a country, celebrate patriotism, celebrate people coming together, not being divided, which is something we we really need right now. Um, and I, I I think that's where sports can play a very critical role. A very critical role, and I think it has in this case, as you mentioned with WWE, and also in the case of post 9-11 for the NFL, because obviously the NFL um, world was just getting started. The NFL season was just getting started. They paused, obviously, for a week, but and there was you know a lot of trepidation about coming back. So I want to talk a little bit about that. Let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side. We'll talk about that, and uh, we'll get in some of your thoughts as well if you'd like to put some thoughts in the comments on our youtube page just go to the jp peterson show also on facebook we'll check those out as well or any of our uh social medias uh outlets as well you can comment there we'll uh, we'll chat about your ideas as well quick break here it's our patriotic theme show here on the jp peterson show stay with us For the Jeeves Law Group, have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Ladies and gentlemen, are you looking to lose weight or just lean up for bathing suit season where there are so many diets and chiropractors and weight loss clinics out there? You don't know where to start, right? We'll start at Bay Area Modern Medical Center. Chris Lugo, PA, and his professional staff will devise a personal plan for you that gets results and will help you keep the weight off 
Everybody metabolizes food and supplements differently. Many of these other approaches are designed for the masses. So how's that going to work for you specifically? It's not. Chris will spend one-on-one time with you to find out what works best for you so the weight comes off safely without the use of harmful drugs and side effects. Call 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. 844-977-3477 or BAMMC.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Pure, pure sports. JP is back on. Welcome back. Fan Stream Sports. All right, welcome back to our patriotic theme show here on uh, this July 4th month. We thought we'd uh, get into some of these great moments in USA sports history that you remember uh, and filled you full of patriotic pride and made you say USA, USA. Um, and I, I think one of the, the great moments for me was when the NFL returned from 9-11. And I was just catching up on an article here about Paul Tagliabue, the commissioner at the time. Um, there were a lot of players and owners and coaches who wanted to continue, wanted to play that weekend after 9-11. Um, Robert Kraft being one of them, citing that you know Israel, when they go through terror attacks, they, they try to continue life as, as it was. They don't cancel anything. They move forward. Um, which is, is, is a noble thing to do and a noble idea. Um, it, it, I don't know if there's ever a, a right answer or a wrong answer of when to begin and when, how, you know, how long to break. Um, I thought the NFL got it right. I thought they got it right to, to not play that weekend but come back the following week. And I just remember um, the Patriots game. Uh, there were, I, I don't remember the exact names of the players, but um, I think Teddy Bruschi was one of them who ran out with the American flag. I get choked up just you know, thinking about it to these, you know, just thunderous, thunderous ovations from the crowds and the crowd standing up and American flags everywhere. And as I said, you know, our stadiums, sports is where we, we gather in mass uh, and, and to celebrate things. You know, also July 4th, fireworks, uh, uh, New Year's Eve maybe, um, Times Square. But for the most part, it's our sports stadiums. And man, from stadium to stadium, everybody, you know, put forth this incredible. We we had flyovers. I think it was Raymond James Stadium. I remember being at the game. Um, it, it just it was just it, tears coming down your your face and your goosebumps. You're choked up. You don't know what emotion you you want to feel proud of everybody coming together as as a country, um, but you're also mourning the loss, and it's so fresh in your mind. But it just felt 
good to get back to normalcy. You know, when the football game started, it just felt like life had returned, you know, and it wasn't, it was going to be okay. Like we were going to go forward. Because I remember, I remember on 9-11, my first feeling was, you know, what's next? You know, I, I remember, you know, going and grabbing my son, Cullen, who was two at, two at the, was about to turn two at the time. And just thinking to myself, like, what, what's going to come next? And then you had the Pentagon get hit. And you're like, oh, my God. And then you heard, and then there was another, they were tracking the, the flight that went down that was headed for the Capitol. Um, flight 93, I believe it was, that, that was taken down in, in Pennsylvania. And you just, I had the feeling of, oh, my God, what, you know, what is something going to happen in McDill Air Force Base? Is something else going to be attacked? Like, is this, you know, World War III? What the hell is going to happen? And myself, you know, talking to my wife at the time, who was an Irish citizen and had an Irish passport, you know, should we be making um, arrangements to get out of here and go to Ireland? And then, of course, all the airports are shut down and you can't fly anywhere. It was it was a it was a very very scary time. It was a very scary time. A little bit a little bit like what's going on now, um, but it was the NFL. I think more than anything else that brought us back to normalcy, and it was such a huge, you know, made the chance of USA USA. I think that's when that was really kind of born, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but it it seemed like that's when it really took off. It's an amazing moment. Uh, my next moment on this list, this one's actually from a movie. I don't know if it qualifies, but I'm just looking for like a typical like 4th of July thing. Okay. And I actually didn't put it on there on the sheet where I gave you my five. I just added this one because it hit my mind. And I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to throw it on there anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we've all seen The Sandlot, correct? Yeah. The, the scene where it is 4th of July in the movie. Right. And... It's nighttime, and it's like the one time of year they play at night because they have the fireworks to provide light so they can play. <laughs> right. And there's that scene where, like, they're all in the field, yeah, and, yeah. like, I don't know, like, there's that one firework, the huge, like, fireworks section that goes off, and they all just kind of stop playing, and they're just looking up, and, like, there's Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful in the background. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just the way it's shot where it's, like, just, like, so dramatic yes. and looking up and everything. Like, I know I said, like, I don't get into, like, the actual holiday as much anymore like I used to. But that, to me, like, sums up what that holiday, I guess, maybe was or, or yeah, not. But it, yeah. like, just a bunch of, like, people, like, coming together as a community and, like, those kids just playing baseball at night for the first time. And then the music, the fireworks, it just, it's, it's like a wholesome moment. Yeah. So I threw it on there. I know it's a movie. It's not I like real. It. I like but I'm it. going outside the box there, and I'm going to put that one on there. I like it. I love it. Um, another one for me was um, the Carrie Strug moment. If you don't know what this is, this was the 1996 Olympics in Atlanta. And the USA, um, I think it was they were the Magnificent Seven, if I'm not mistaken. Dominique Dawes, Kerry uh, Strug, some of these. And they were like the stars of the Atlanta Olympics, the American uh, women's gymnastics team. And they were, I think they were favored, if I'm not mistaken, but they were behind the Russians. And they were going to lose the gold medal to Russia. And they needed a vault from Carrie Strug, who was the last vaulter, uh, to put them over the top and to win it. And she was their best vaulter. And so she's, she's running down on her first vault, and she hits the vault, and she, I, I, she just absolutely destroys her ankle, like broke her ankle. She couldn't, she couldn't put any weight on it. And if she doesn't do another vault, they're going to lose the gold medal. 
And this was, I think, it would, this was the moment of the games. You know, the Olympics had finally come back to the United States. They were, you know, this, they, these were, this was the dream team of, of gymnastics. And to lose the gold medal just would have been an absolute horrific moment. And so, Carrie, they pick her up. Like, um, uh, they pick her up and they're uh, just trying to get her. And you're like, How, you know, there's no way this girl can do another vault. I mean, not a vault. She's got to run down the, 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 the runway and then hit the vault and then stick the landing. Like, you can't do that. I mean, you can't do that on a broken ankle. And she hobbled her way back over there. And she ran, <laughs> where, I don't know where she found it, how she did it. Nobody knows this. She hit maybe the best vault she's ever hit, and she landed it perfectly. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like the courage, the, the, the preparation, the moment. You heard Herb Brooks talk about, you know, you know opportunity, great moments are made from great opportunities. And she had an opportunity to make that happen in that moment. And to be able to lock in and be able to do that, <laughs> unbelievable, incredible moment. And, and, and uh, that was a moment that made me say, USA, jump off the couch. You know, choked up even thinking about it. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe she just did that. I was working at, uh, where was I at that? I think it was in North Carolina. And it was, uh, it was a show I had to do and do the highlights of. And I'm like, oh, my, this is, like, I don't even know how to put this into words. But to, but to create a script and do it, it was it's a magical moment. Incredible. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with that one. It's obviously Gary it's a, lot, it's a yeah. lot before I was born, yeah, so yeah. I got to re- go, I got to catch up one. on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, my next one here, you probably remember this one. I, I'm going back to the world of soccer here, but I'm going over to the women's team, and there's many great moments in the women's team that I, I almost put this from. one on my list. Actually, but I mean, how could you not put Brandy Chastain? That was amazing in 1999 in the World Cup, which I believe was on American soil. Correct. Yeah. yeah. First, that, I think it was first time since. Forever, we had hosted a World Cup, and uh, it was the Women's World Cup. Yeah, and it was at the Rose Bowl. Yes, and it's just or no, the Coliseum. It yeah, Col- it was Coliseum. one of those. Yeah, but just like the atmosphere playing against China, uh, so you definitely have two countries there who are definitely mm-hmm. not ever really at peace for yeah. the most part. Yeah. So you know, and that team again, an all-time team when it comes to women's soccer in this country. And again, if you go watch the, I think it's like Class of '99ers is the documentary that ESPN did on it. Again, it's fantastic. It tells the whole story, and especially what women's soccer in this country was thought of before that World Cup. Like the idea of putting 80,000, 90,000 people, whatever it was, in a stadium. It was the moment that put women's sports on the map. Yes. That's what it did. And that's why I think it's the singular most important event for women's sports in this country. I would agree. I would agree with that. I think it put women's soccer. It was like soccer of all things. And even in 1999, we're talking over 20 years ago, we still... Damped it right there. We are the best, yeah. and it's not close. Yeah, and no, it, it was. Today. It, I mean, the fact that ni- that was the biggest thing takeaway for me from that that women's are is that 90,000 90, people would come out for. I mean, it sounds. I know it sounds misogynistic and and horribly male chauvinistic, but you would it, nobody showed up for women's events. It, it was just, oh, that's nice. We got a nice little Well, if you want to just take that out of it, just say soccer in general. Yeah, soccer in general I know they had. I know we had the 94 World Cup, which was the men's tournament, and I know yeah. that crowd showed up there, but I think the 99 team really captured, because the fact that they were really good yeah. and won yeah. the gold medal, I think that but, made it a whole different 90,000 people turning out for a women's sporting event, that did never happen before. Yeah. 
and, and now it that just showed team, that and that yeah. that team routinely wherever they go. I mean, yeah. we've talked about it for a while here. The last yeah. decade, I think now it's starting to like the men's team is starting to come back up into the popularity. I think the women's team was more popular. Oh, absolutely. For at least they 10, 15 years. Oh, yes, they outdrew the men's team because they won. And that doesn't <laughs> they, and won, the, they won gold. It's the not, men's team can't win. Yeah, squat. and I don't, I don't view it as a as a, like a misogynist. It's just a fact. Like yeah. it, in, in the fact it's it's never happened before. So I think that's why it makes it such a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, that was, and then of course the moment where she ripped, you know, rips off her rips jersey off shirt. and shows a sports bra like women would never wear a sport, just wear a sports bra out in general, you know. And then of course it became, oh, I guess we can, we can just wear a sports. Yeah, that bra. moment was very powerful on so many levels. Yeah, it really was. It, it crossed so many different lines, as, as sports can often do. It can change cultural norms, uh, change the way we view things, and that was. Uh, one of those moments. You will definitely not remember this one, um, but uh, many will. It was probably, it, it, I'm nine years old at the time. Oh, we're um, going way back Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Mark Spitz. You ever, you ever heard of, hear of Mark Spitz? I've heard the name, yeah. Yeah, Mark Spitz is, um, he is like the Michael Phelps. You would know the Michael Phelps. And obviously Michael Phelps was constantly uh, uh, chasing Mark Spitz's records. And Mark Spitz was this you know just this super handsome uh incredible um you know adonis like figure and one of the greatest swimmers of all time and he was the first to win seven gold medals each one of them in world record time and this is in 1972 when of course the like this is what made the russians even go more overboard to uh to their steroid use um but it was it was until Michael Phelps won eight golds in 2008. It was the gold standard, quite literally, for uh, for Olympic performance, and it was an incredible moment. And everybody was just and this was in the backdrop of the 72 Summer Games in Munich, where uh, there was the terrorist attack and the Israeli team was was massacred. And of course, obviously, that was the um, uh, that was the the headline of the whole games, but he was, you know, he was obviously, um, and a, a Jewish descent, by the way, which was, which is quite ironic. Um, but that was a moment where I, I first remembered watching the Olympics and, and cheering on someone and, and being my first moment of being proud of watching an American athlete do something, uh, incredible. Mm-hmm. So I had to put that on the list. All right, my last one here, and again, you could probably talk about this more than I can because I was not alive, but it has to go on here, and I think it's the, the collective known as the, the Dream Team in the, 90, the 1992 Olympics in, what was it, Barcelona, if I'm not yes, mistaken? Yes, yes, The greatest collection of talent in any sport, I don't care what it is, that has ever been put together that we've sent, and it was the first time, I believe, that we sent our actual yes. NBA players. yes. We got tired of the uh, the Russians uh, beating up our Correct. college guys. Correct. Yeah, right. And we sent the NBA's best. I mean, Jordan, yeah. uh, Magic, Bird, Drexler, Pippen, Ewing, Robinson, Carl Malone, John Stockton, <laughs> Chris Mullen. Isaiah Thomas. Oh, wait. No, yeah, notice how I didn't put Christian Leitner in that, in my little thing there. Yeah. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> No, no, but there was always this, you know, from, from 1972 on when we got bullied by the by the Russians and they cheated. Um, we were just, we were always we were like, well, why don't we send our NBA players? And this this went on for decades. That why we wouldn't send our professional players. And then finally, finally, they figured it out. And we were like, yeah, now it's time to kick some ass. And I think the first game they played, they beat like. Uganda by like a hundred points or something. It was just, and it wasn't like, oh, poor Uganda. It was like, yeah, that's what you get. That's what you get. 
And uh, yeah, it was fabulous. It's really like the again. There's been like documentaries. It's been document. It's it's been documentary to death. Honestly, the Dream Team. But again, if you're if you haven't seen one, go watch it because the cool thing is, and they had all the cameras around at the time, picking up all the footage, and like the guys would go out, and Jordan was doing his you know playing golf before the games, like his normal typical routine, which you don't see guys do anymore, right? And just the fact that there was like competition within the team. That was like the funny thing about that team that I learned through watching all this stuff is, yeah, they were representing each other, but they wanted to like be better than everybody on the team. Yes. Like, remember that? It was like, yes. it was like magic was like, no, this is my team. And Jordan was like, no, old man, it's my team. And like the, you've heard the stories about the legendary scrimmages that they used to run. Yes. Like in yes. practice during yes. that. And it was like Jordan and, and magic going at it and getting heated with one another. Uh, just a great team, and I think that was one of those first, uh, like when it comes to team sports, again, that we cemented ourselves as, yeah, we're the best, yeah. and it's not close. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a great moment, um, and, and just watching the whole thing. Um, all right, some of, the, uh, some of you guys chiming in here, and this one um, from um, Richie P. Uh, not for nothing, taking the politics out of it, but George Bush throwing a strike at Yankee Stadium meant something to me. Uh, I was there. Uh, it meant something to everyone. Yeah, take the politics out of it. But that was a moment, man. That was a moment that was filled with trepidation for me. I remember just going through. Uh, we were on our way to um, uh, the World Series. I remember Dave Cook, my producer, and Bob Hansen and I, Channel 8, and just getting to the, to the, to the stadium and getting into the stadium. The, the security was just crazy everywhere. This is post-9-11, uh, and, and George Bush was there. So we're down in the bowels of the stadium. And we're, we're looking to get the free hot dogs, of course. And we're going through this corridor, and here comes the extraction team. The extracts. Like, if something goes wrong, these are the dudes that are going in to get the president. And when I t- we're just like, you know, it was just this narrow hallway, maybe about four or five feet wide. And we had to kind of, like, stand up against the wall just to let them walk by. And they were super silent, nobody saying a word. They're all dressed in black and armed to the teeth. Every weapon was black. Everything was black. It was just it, it, grenades rocket launchers, guns. I mean, I've never seen such an armament of, of people. You know, no, helmets on. You know, it's just like, holy shiz. And um, it, was, it, was, it was intimidating. It was intimidating to watch. And, you were, and I remember being out with the auxiliary press box was out in right field in Yankees, the old Yankee Stadium. And you're just like, he walks out on the field and you're looking above the facade there and there's snipers everywhere. Like, it's in like 50 of them around the rim of the stadium. And they're, and the guns are all just pointed down. <laughs> you want to talk about tension in the air. And then he walks out, and the place just goes bananas, just goes crazy. And he like, goes out to the mound, and he's holding the ball up. And you're like, can you just get this over with? Like, can we do this? Can we? But then he didn't. But the fact that he was defiant about it, he wasn't scared. And he was like, and that was a moment. I was like, you know what? We're going to be okay. Like, we don't have to be walking on eggshells everywhere we go, right? And he did. Then he just drills the strike, and the place just goes bananas. That was a yeah, moment. And that's that was a of, moment. Yeah, the, the whole thing that he threw a, a perfect pitch is like the part that made it. Has there ever been a first pitch ever done that well? No, that's it's gone that straight. Wasn't fifty cent. <laughs> Thomas Casper says he was there too, and I remember the Trade Center was still smoking. Yeah, you could still there was a the smell was still in Manhattan. Yeah, it was it was still very much there. Um, yeah, uh, it, the Independence Day movie uh, was a classic in '96. Yeah, that was a good the speech there. Yeah, that was pretty good too. Um, yeah, 
Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. Um, let's uh, welcome in our, our good friend, Chris Lugo from Bay Area Modern Medical Centers. We uh, chat with him each and every week. Um, good morning to you, my friend. Uh, I hope you've been Thank hearing you. some of our discussion. hope you had a great July 4th. Uh, any patriotic moments you recall watching sports that made you go, USA, USA? Anything come to mind? You know, uh, you're, I, you're, I mean, by the way, you are a soldier. You are a soldier. You are a part of our, our military in the National Guard. So thank you for your service. You're welcome. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I, I was actually in New York for 9-11 doing residency at the time. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of um, – yeah, that was that was definitely hitting home there. Um, I so, saw most people, like, it didn't hit me until, like, I walked outside to call my parents – after the uh, hospital shut down, like two F-16s were like a thousand feet off the deck. I mean, they went screaming overhead. It was it was pretty surreal at that time. But um, yeah, I can't think of any like, the moments big in sports. Moments. Yeah. You're an Olympic fan? No, no Olympic moments. I am. Yeah, definitely. Made you go um, USA, USA, USA. I think the big one was '84 for hockey, right? Um, yeah, 1980 hockey, the Miracle on Ice. '80 yeah. hockey. I'm sorry, '80 yeah. hockey. Yeah, um, that that's probably the big one. Yeah. That's uh, the one we always remember. All right, so let's talk some uh, health news. And thank you again for our our, um, our meeting uh, last week. Um, hey, no worries. That's what I did. Yeah, I spent uh, an hour and 20 minutes with you going over my medical history and what we could do better. And already uh, I'm sleeping better, uh, taking some good. of those supplements. I uh, got my blood work done yesterday. Did you get my blood work back yet? I mean, I'm getting good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'm listening to you guys talk about Michael Phelps and Mark Spitz. Yes. Can't yeah. believe Nick doesn't know Mark Spitz. But that's right? beside the point. You should know your history, Nick. Yeah. Um, like I'm answering text messages. Hey, where's my 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 labs? I'm like, you just did your labs five days ago. They take two <laughs> weeks to come back. So I don't get a CBC, a CMP, and lipid panel. That's yeah. That's scratching the surface. I would probably use some other derogatory terms, but I won't. But it's scratching the surface. It's, it doesn't tell me how healthy you really are. So yeah. we dive deep. They took a few vials of blood from you. I'm I sure. Ten, I think they took ten vials. Right. And so, yeah, it freaks out the phlebotomist when I order that much. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not a lot of blood, but it takes normally two weeks to come back. Yeah. All right. And, and what do you so what, typically when you look at the blood work, like what are the first things you look at and what does it tell you and how does that affect how you treat the patient? So inflammatory markers, chronic inflammation leads to chronic disease. And the big one we've talked about before is heart disease. Yeah. Ninety percent preventable it's the number one killer in the world, right? So we look at those inflammatory markers. We look at triglycerides. We look at ApoB, apolipoprotein B. We look at HSCRP. We look at these inflammatory markers to make sure nothing's going on there that's causing this inflammatory process for these plaques to start laying down. Biggest other ones we look at is insulin resistance, insulin resistance scores. We look at hemoglobin A1Cs because those are the big chronic things that we can prevent, all right? Um, and we know by the pillars of health, the foundation for health, exercise, diet, and sleep, that we're going to prevent a lot of the stuff. All right. Well, I, I promise I will share all my numbers, no matter how bad they are, with all of you. Oh, you can take the, you can take the journey with me. As I, I have a feeling my triglycerides might be a little on the high end. We'll there, see, boss. So. We'll see. All right. So, but I'm going to share it all with you, and then we're going to see what we can do about it to get it down and watch the journey as it, as it, as it. Uh, I like it. As yeah. we get get more healthy. Yeah, I'll bring this up, by the way, because you brought up the, the heart disease kind of stuff. And, 
you know, obviously I'm very young, and if I'm being honest, the idea of like heart disease and heart issues isn't at you know the front of my mind. Right. Occipital lobes, we would say, right? In the yeah. back of your head, you could care less about it. Right. right. But as I, I talk to my wife all the time, and she's on me about, you know, getting healthier and putting down the fast food and some of those things and exercising, which I am here to report that it's been a full week since I've had fast food, which is a big deal for me. And, and rather than drive to the Starbucks down the road the other day, we took a two mile walk there. And a two mile nice. walk back. Wow. Which nice. I'll tell you right now, and this heat is not is not fun. But I did it anyway, no. so we're making strides there personally. But how important is it, though, for somebody that's probably my age? You know, you're not really worrying about your health history. Like, I, I don't think I've ever gotten blood work done or anything like that. How important is it to get out in front of that to prevent issues down the line? It's the 800-pound gorilla. My 20 30-year-olds get me real excited in the sense that I know that I'm going to make a big difference in your health when you become JP and I's age. That when you're our age and we've made these, these changes to your health, that they're going to give you exponentially tenfold, 20-fold what you were going to do if you started at, at our age, right? So making those small changes. Now, look, yesterday was 4th of July. I had a burger yesterday. Come on, it's not American wow. not to have a burger on 4th of July, for God's sake. <laughs> but, but not it's a not hot dog. Doing. Not a hot dog, no. <laughs> not a burger. Not a burger. You- um, but, yeah, but it's a, I want you to live life and enjoy life. Like we talked about the Big Seven with, J, with JP. It's not I'm going to ever tell you cannot have the Big Seven. It's, hey, limited as much as possible. These are traits, not staples of your life. Yeah. So how, what, does it make you crazy? You should think about heart disease, yes. So uh- – you talked that you didn't have a hot dog, and I don't know if the last time you had one. Does that mean that every July 4th, do you cringe a little bit watching the contest, the hot dog eating contest? Do you even entertain watching that kind of stuff? Uh, no, I just, I, I, I'm a little bit awe on how they can get that crap down and not feel absolutely miserable um, afterwards. But, you know. He said he still had room to put a couple beers down, remarkably. That's what Joey yeah. said yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would love to see an autopsy of him when he dies here <laughs> in the next 20 years because he will be dead in probably 20 years from now. He's 39. Um, He's 39. Yeah. yeah so so just, what do you like? What did their physical effects? I actually had Joey Chestnut on our show a few years ago. He was in town. Oh, did you really? Okay. Yeah. And I asked him all these questions. And I'm like, how does it, like, doesn't it feel terrible? Like, what is your, <laughs> what is your bowel movement like? I mean, correct. Yeah, I mean, seventy-one hot dogs, and even Nathan's hot dogs, which are much better than maybe most of the the, the ones you get in your grocery store. I mean, they're made better, I guess. I don't know, but right. I mean, the sodium alone, <laughs> the sodium alone can kill you, right? Like if you're if somebody said, "Hey, Doc, I had seventy-one hot dogs yesterday. <laughs> Am I going to be okay?" Yeah, so sodium is not bad for you. That's an old misnomer too. Okay. As long as you dilute it down right so if i you know if you drink straight salt and you don't dilute it with water yeah you're going to get hypertension with it it's going to cause some issues with it i would be more concerned with all the buns that he had to consume with that yeah not necessarily the actual hot dogs really the buns all those processed carbohydrates make him feel miserable but the stomach's a pretty remarkable organ in the sense that it will learn to stretch over time versus some people who are doing intermittent fasting if they're doing an 18 to 6 fast like they'll notice over months that hey I can't eat as much without feeling fuller quicker because right. the stomach will actually shrink so people who get the little lap bands and they get the little sleeves on their stomachs um, or they'll do the staple not really necessarily a ruin why but a staple for the stomach to lose weight 
they'll stretch that stomach over time just by overriding it and making a larger pouch out of it. In, in other places, yeah, so that, that's a little bit crazy. Yeah. So you mentioned um, Ozempic is kind of the big thing now, which is uh, a weight loss, it's become a weight loss drug, right? I actually ran into, um, actually ran into a friend of, of hers out in Vegas, and he had just lost 40 pounds in like three months. And she's like, what did you do? And he's like, Ozempic. And I was like, wow, you too. Um, what's going on with this? So, I mean, I'm not a big Ozempic fan. Some lugutatide, I like Terazepatide Manjaro better because it's a combination therapy. But the recent headline that came out here a week and a half or two weeks ago was, it's just like that shock factor, right? It, yeah. They talked about Ozempic butt, right? Because I was looking at ass, right? So it's almost <laughs> a good looking butt. Um, so they just put that, but it's no difference than Ozempic face was here a year ago. It's all the same. These drugs are appetite suppressants for the lack of better words to simplify it at its best. So you're not eating. So you're basically catabolizing. You're eating your own muscle in order to make energy. Okay. So that's why people are losing the weight on it. So when you come to me, we teach you on how to counteract these things so you don't get skinny fat and you don't lose your ass. Or the old joke would say, you're on that new drug, no acetal. Yeah, that's because <laughs> you're eating your butt away. Yeah. It's just a muscle, right? But it's the same thing that your arms, your shoulders, your thighs. It's the big thing is that you're losing muscle mass because you're not eating enough calories. And so your, your body's eating itself for the, for the simplified terms. And how do you counteract that? Oh, protein, 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 weight training, weight training, weight training. Uh, I showed you True Sculpt and True Flex here in the office. Yes, that yes. helps. Build, true Flex builds muscle. So for those people who say, I got a bad back. I can't go work out. I can't do squats, right? Hey, then let's not lose your butt. Let's do True Flex on your butt. And to keep your butt or build your butt even more, lady I had this morning, like, hey, I have no butt. I'm like, uh, we can get you a butt with True Flex. If you don't want to do squats, so really, uh, but yeah, the best thing to do is to get in the gym, work those big compounding movements, chest, lower body squats, right? Those are the best things to do, but not everybody can do that, right? Right. So I hear the trainers chirping in the background, going, "Oh, come on, yeah," but you live a different lifestyle. Most people, they work eight to five every single day, have kids, they don't have, they're trying to make ends meet. They don't always have that opportunity to go to the gym for an hour to go sit there and do squats, right? So. You've got alternative means. So you're hooking up the true body thing to the butt, to the gluteus maximus, as we like to call it? Definitely, yeah. The true, the true flex, yeah, it's great. It, it, it's definitely a workout. Uh, the, the, she asked me this morning, does it hurt? I'm like, well, you're spending some money on this. You want a good result. So it's like having that personal trainer. When I did true flex, I did it to myself, and I was controlling it. It's not the same as having that trainer. They're telling, hey, Two more, two more. Let's go. Two more reps. You can do this when you already want to stop, right? So, Lourdes is here. She's going to push you to the next level. Yeah. You met Lourdes. She yeah. likes to work out, so she's not afraid <laughs> of the gym. Her, she, she wants you to look good too. So that's the whole purpose of having that person. I think you can go a little bit more, and it's only fifteen minutes. It's not like you're doing this for an hour, right? Right. It's fifteen minutes of, of a little bit of work. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. But if you want a good result, you got to go higher on the settings. Plain and simple. It's better than getting a BBL, right? Mm, yeah, if you say so. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I know no. a, a lot of the ladies are they're going down to to South America to get these BBLs, right? I mean, yeah, I'm hearing a lot of people trying to get rid of their BBLs now because they made a big mistake. So. Right, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is like that. It, you know, it sounds like a good idea, and then you know they see it on Instagram, and it's like, oh, look at that girl's butt. And then you know the the reality is something different, right? 
but the reality is BBL is fat, fat, and fat. Um, a good looking butt is muscle, muscle, <laughs> muscle, not fat. Because over time, what's cap- gravity is going to have a good effect to that fat. Exactly. It's all going to droop. Okay? It's all gonna you, can't, you can't get away from that 9.8 meters per second squared, right? It's, it is what it is. <laughs> gravity is what gravity is. gravity. Yeah. So it's much better to, to, to do it more, more naturally than have something. Get in the gym, do some squats, get here, do some true flex, do both. I mean, if you want to optimize your posterior chain, you know, when we talk about the big thing with these is prevention of osteopenia and osteoporosis, keeping these bones strong. So, Nick, you should be thinking about, hey, prevention of cardiovascular disease, keeping your bones strong. So by doing this is weight training, weight training, weight training is the best thing to keep your bones strong and be a healthy homo sapien as you age and mature, right? I mean, trust me, I feel it, Chris, because, I mean, I, I play – my only exercise I really do a week, and this is barely exercise, is playing in a, in a men's softball league every Thursday. Yeah. And I tell you what, I, I'm in the outfield, and every time there's a ball to me and I have to, like, fire it in, and just that, like, rotation. I mean, I, yeah. there's a couple times, I, and I feel embarrassed saying it because I'm 24 years old. I'm supposed to be in <laughs> tip-top shape. I'm, like, yeah. burning on, like, my side here because I don't really often do that motion anymore. And it's it sucks. So I definitely understand what you mean by that. I don't think my muscles are trained to like make those motions anymore. Not yet, but you can. You can train them. Get in the gym, start working those muscle groups. But I love compounding movements. I mean, like my son is fifteen. He wants to work on like forearms and tricep and the medial head of my truck. I'm like, dude, come on, give me a break. Uh, just work <laughs> chest and work squats right now. Do some lunges. Do some farmers carries. Work compounding movements if you want to get an overall more athletic look. Not worrying about your how your forearms look and your tricep look. 